everybody and welcome back once again to Hispanic Latinx Affairs new initiative Casita Chronicles and Salita Stories. This is one of your co-hosts Bianca. Hi everyone and this is Hasmin. Hey Hasmin, how's it going? We doing good, you know we out here. Gonna be talking about some cool things today. Ooh, I'm really excited. How are you doing Bianca? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I think we just got news that the quarantine is getting a little bit longer, so it's getting a little bit antsy, um, but, you know, we're here. We're thinking positive. We're reframing. I get to hang out with you, Hasmin, today. I've had some really great meetings, a good week so far. We're on the rise. That's great. We love to hear it. Wow. <laughs> I think that we've been having just kind of a very interesting moment in terms of historical context. And uh, as we know, the census is something that is done every 10 years. And 2020 is the year. Mm-hmm. Have you heard anything about the census prior to this? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know on our Instagram page, uh, it was shared to, you know, remind people about it. And I I saw like on social media, there's been a push, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all those. So we've been hearing, you know, through the grapevine, we've been hearing things. We also collaborated. So we being HLA collaborated with the Office of Political Affairs which is a part of Hispanic Student Association, HSA. We hosted something last semester with kind of the local Census Bureau to educate a little bit about how the census impacts our community, which was very interesting. If y'all saw some of our Instagram posts, it was probably on my Instagrams, the at Ola Bianca Q, mm-hmm. but uh, just talking a little bit about how the census impacts local finances and just different resources in and around whatever city you're in. So currently Gainesville, which was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Bianca, could you give us maybe for maybe people who aren't as familiar um, with it, what is the census and what's the, what's, what, why is it something that we should be doing? Uh, great question. The census is kind of accounting for everybody who lives in the United States of America. And they do this every 10 years. This is the first year that you can actually do the census online. And essentially, it's counting everybody in your household. And then they also hire people. And they actually go around and count people in the homes that haven't completed the census. So essentially, they're trying to allocate funds to different counties, states, et cetera, based on how many people are there. According to the people who came to the event that we had last semester, I think they were saying it's about $1,000 per person that they give in financial resources. Well, they actually like give money to the local government to be able to provide these resources for our local community. Which, yeah, and I think some of the biggest things, well, for Gainesville, something that was very impactful when I listened was that uh, 10 years ago, they missed a lot of people in East Gainesville. And this really impacts kind of commerce 
in the city of Gainesville because as y'all know, so there's like Butler Plaza um, and all of these new places that are being built on the west side of Gainesville because when companies are looking to see where there are more people because where more people are means that they're going to spend more money, they all find that West Gainesville is a lot more populated than East Gainesville because according to the census of 2010, East Gainesville didn't show to have as many people. But because they missed a large portion and they didn't count them is why that is. I think it further kind of creates a gap of inequality. Um, mm -hmm. So that's why it's important that we're filling out the census. Oh, yeah. I think especially also like with our community. I know I was doing some reading on, um, you know, the census before this. And I guess there's a push by the Census Bureau that they really want to try to accurately, um, you know, depict the number of people in the U.S. who identify as Hispanic um, or Latino and Latinx in, in the country. Oh, wow. So do you know, pop, you know, a little question to you. Do you know when the Hispanic, the first, the, the question that asked about, you know, our ethnic identity, do you know when it originated? Like in which census? Didn't, I think Ronald Reagan and kind of when he was a president was when the term Hispanic was given to us, right? Mm -hmm. And he was president like in the 60s, 70s? Oh, yes, ma'am. So 1970 was the first official census where the question regarding Hispanic, um, Latino, and next origin was used. So look at you using your context clues, yo. Crazy. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that was, <laughs> so was kind of like the first year. So like 1970, though, I mean, like it's a while back. I mean, it's not truly that long ago, you know? Yeah, it's not. In the grand scheme of things. And especially now since, you know, our the Hispanic Latinx community is one of the most rapidly growing populations right now, ethnic populations in the U.S. I remember kind of when I was in high school, which was a while ago, they kept saying that by 2020, we would be the majority. I don't know the numbers right now. Do you? I think right now they switched it over to 2060. Um, oh, okay. but yeah, cause right now we're like, at, I think we're hitting like 17.8% of the U S population, according to the, um, the census website. So that's from oh, wow. like the last census that they took. So it's going to be interesting, I think, to see, you know, what this, this new census will come up with. Mm -hmm. But, but I think that's also, you know, identifying you know identifying ourselves through this form I think also be a little complicated at times too in terms of how we like what we choose to put because you know they have that question but then there's also always that you know and then my, my mom I've had like talked to my mom about it too like the race question uh -huh. like, I don't know what you want me to put <laughs> <laughs> so and I think this is something that's kind of complicated within our community right because we do come I mean, there was so much mestizaje. Uh, there was so much mixing of different races, different cultures, different ethnicities that kind of came to um, the Caribbean and then also Mexico, Central and South America to where it gets a little bit complicated. I know I've had friends, I've been encouraging my friends as well to fill out the census 
and they asked me, you know, what do I put for race? What do you put? Have you filled yours out? Listen, this is, this is a great question that has gone back. I remember my, my very first time having to ask myself what race I am goes back to like, oh, was a throwback middle school. It was like my first time we, we were doing some type of test or something. Mm-hmm. And then it was like a, the question was like, what's your race? And, you know, it has like the five general categories, which is like white, black, African-American, American Indian, Pacific Islander, and so on and so forth. Uh-huh. But there was like no, I guess, category, I suppose, that like I, I affiliated with. Because in my head, at like 12 or 13 years old, I was just like, I'm like Mexican or like Mexican-American. I don't... You know, this isn't usually how I think of myself as a race. And so I rose my hand, I raised my hand and (laughs) the teacher comes over and I'm like, miss, like, what do I put for my race? And she's like, oh, sweetie, you're white. I look down at my skin. I was like, let me tell you right now. (laughs) Cause my teacher was white. And like, as a kid, I was like looking at me and her. I'm like, we are not. We're not, we are the, not same. the same. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm so sorry to this, you know, teacher, but I'm like, this is not it. Like, I, I put, I'm like, but I'm not white. It's like, oh, but the government considers you white. So just put white. I put it, I checked that box for that one time, but it didn't feel right. And so ever since then, whether it's like, if I'm going to the doctor or like a new doctor for the first time or like any mm-hmm. form for the race question, I would just put other. Other? Yeah, it doesn't sit right to be putting like, what like is that I think I associate the experience right I don't have the experience of being well what I think what I consider like white in the U.S. you know so yeah. it's like more like I look at the context type thing oh yeah I know that I've had kind of these conversations with friends as well but your story reminds me so I remember in high school one time we were kind of having like a civil rights lesson or something or I guess kind of like adulting hacks. And I remember the teacher was like, yeah, if you ever get a ticket and something on the ticket is not correct, so they spell your name wrong, they put your address wrong, et cetera, you can fight it and say that it's not you. And so with that knowledge, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I ended up getting a ticket because my sister, I was driving and my sister was throwing eggs out the window at oh like, her friends on Halloween. Don't do that because they'll stop you. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't end up getting a ticket because she was throwing eggs. I ended up getting a ticket because the windows were tinted in the car. They were tinted too dark. Dang. So yeah, anyways, so I remember he like wrote this ticket for me, whatever. And then on the race, it said white. And I was like, bet, I'm going to get out of this ticket because I'm not white. Well, it didn't work like that. But I think that was kind of one of my first memories as well of being like, I don't share this experience. Yeah, there's a dissonance, you know? Oh, truly. Because if someone looks at me, they're not going to think she's white, you know? They're probably going to think about my ethnic identity. But that's something I think that too is kind of true because of like the 2010 census right 94 percent of the u.s population selected at least one of the like standard race categories were for hispanic and um latinx folk only 63 percent selected one of the categories with 37 percent which would like translate to roughly like 19 million selecting other 
or they oh, wrote wow. in wrote in a response but a lot of the written in responses would be um like kind of like mexican cuban like you know kind of going back to that ethnic uh, identity. identity i know for me so i've kind of been thinking about this and i don't quite remember when and i don't know how correct this is but i've started i think identifying more and i guess trying to learn more about my indigenous like roots because as i kind of mentioned earlier you know there was a lot of mixing so I think my last name comes from Spain and as we know like the conquistadores who came weren't the best of people but I think just even thinking of like the homeland which I'm still very tied to because my grandparents on my mom's side live there the last time I went I think was like two years ago and we try to go pretty often as a family I think of you know, kind of this erasure of indigenous people. And I think I tried to kind of like seek pride in that. I think last time that I went to Mexico, you know, I was talking to my dad about um, just like inequality and stuff of the indigenous people. And we kind of talked back to like Los Piramides um, that are all over just kind of the Americas and that those are kind of our people's legacies, you know, and the indigenous people, like that blood is still within us, that blood of like resilience and knowledge. And some people call it abuelita knowledge, right? To where you take certain like herbs or fruits and vegetables and like use it when you're feeling sick, etc. And so I think I've started to kind of claim that a little bit more in that even though I don't know like percentages or how much or exactly what tribe um, that I do have indigenous blood in me and kind of wanting to feel pride in that. However, I think that it might also be problematic because I don't, or at least I don't feel that I suffer the same inequalities that people who are like 100% indigenous suffer. But I've been putting kind of like American, I think American Indian indigenous, because America to me is from the tippy top of Canada all the way down to Argentina. Period. And that's it. Well, yeah, because even I think on the on the census form under the American Indian or Alaska, Alaska Native part, it includes like Mayan, Aztec and like different um you know, tribes and stuff from not, you know, not what I think a lot of people would probably associate with like American Indian, uh-huh. um, like the general public, which makes it even, you know, like trickier. Cause I feel like our community period is like very, like you say, that we have a lot of things going very diverse in the sense of like our identities, our experiences, and also like what we could tie ourselves to or affiliate ourselves with. Yeah. Well, and I think even so, like, I just want to name that, you know, you and I, we identify as like either Mexican or Mm Mexican-American. I think that also when we think of the rest of Latin America, right? So like there's the Quechua people and then I think of like Los Tainos and there's, I'm sure, so many more indigenous people all over that haven't been, I guess, like popularized yet. Mm -hmm. But I think that's something that One, we need to start doing a little bit more research, uh, which is, I think, cool because we finally have IASA, so Indigenous American Student Association on campus, 
to be able to bring the conversation to the forefront a little bit more. But I think that a lot of Indigenous experiences are usually erased. And so just bringing up this erasure is something that we can kind of bring to the forefront to then not contribute to that anymore. Yeah, totally agree. Have you heard of anybody else identifying with anything else that might be kind of a contested issue? A contested issue. I mean, no, I have I have uh, friends who, you know, like you're kind of abroad, but there are some friends who they put white if they think that them that they are white like you know I don't want to say white passing um but if they appear you know kind of I guess they would get gain the privileges that come with people associating them and thinking of them and categorizing them as a white so I think it's kind of I think it it kind of ties to your part of like the like trying to be aware but at the Mm -hmm. same time I think that also like for some of people who may be like multiracial or you know like multiracial and multi-ethnic like that has to be, you know, that's, that's like a whole nother question. Like, wh- I think the whole aspect, and which I understand, right? You want to know the numbers because then that's going to affect like laws and policies. But like the category, like we continue trying to categorize people when really like it's a, you know, it's a it's a spectrum of stuff. Truly. I mean, I think that as human beings, we try to fit ourselves and each other in boxes but we might have to reframe this whole notion into thinking it as more of a spectrum instead of a box and not having people choose only one, you know? Because, I mean, there's even people who are mixed with three, four, five different ethnicities. And so I think having them choose only one means that they're having to erase the rest of their identities which is not fair right so i don't know but like i said we're gonna i'm interested to see see what's going on and i feel like especially now i feel at this point in like in our country but also like in all like i feel like act you know activism and engage like civic engagement is becoming a thing and like a tool for many people and communities Mm-hmm. So I was gonna. I'm. I'm just. I'm excited to see what this census ha- is gonna. Ha- what they have to say with the information that they're gonna be kind of gathering. So we'll see. I suppose. True, and I think also as you know, diversity and inclusion becomes more of a day-to-day conversation. I think that these boxes are going to become more and more specific. Um, because that's meaning that more people who are knowledgeable on these topics are either being empowered or being supported to be in these spaces where conversations around what do we put on the census or what, what are we considering to be important numbers to know within our country, they're getting up there, you know, and they're bringing the conversation up which is important. Right, because in the end, the those numbers are going to be reflected in who they're considering when they make different decisions, like you said, mm-hmm. like kind of with business and stuff. So yeah, you know, it's going to be, it's gonna, like I said, it's going to be fun. Or not fun, but like interesting to see what comes out of all of this. But that's also, I think, where I think 
you tied it back to when we worked with the local office mm-hmm. and how they're saying that they kind of related to having like trying to get people to come in and making the process easier for the census but also just like political thing like they're trying to get people who like could speak you know who are bilingual trilingual who could speak more languages and engage with people more on that level just to get the word out more too oh yeah I think especially too because I believe it was last year that the presidential administration was wanting to replace kind of the racial ethnic identity questions and with a citizenship question and I think that really scared a lot of people especially when thinking about our undocumented folks within the community. Mm -hmm. I think that if we do have people who are wanting to work for the census and then can have conversations and affirm our community that you know the citizenship question is not on here because i think it ended up getting blocked or they ended up saying that it was like unconstitutional that they couldn't have that question on there and that it was going to impact the numbers of people who were willing to fill it out Mm -hmm. so affirming them that it is not on there and that there's not going to be any danger from filling out the census yeah cool things to get involved in. Um, I think if people are interested, then I think they should go to www.census.gov and find out more information about how they can support. Yep, gotta do our part in all these different things. Yes. Do we have any updates? Um, yes, so... The Hente Five discussions, which are still happening on Thursdays from 1230 to 1.30. And I think we're going to try to go live. So hopefully we'll see some people on Instagram live. And if not, we've also been putting the questions on Facebook on an event that we created. Because, you know, sometimes you might have class or something happened. And then you can kind of come back and reflect on the questions and the episode and then have a little bit more time to kind of figure out and hopefully start a discussion that way. Cool. We'd love to see it. So do you have any words of wisdom or consejos for our listeners today? Ooh. Um, something that kind of me impresionó the other day while I was running. I guess it impacted me the other day while I was running because I was listening to somebody kind of guide me in my run. Um, They said that if something makes you nervous, it means that it's important. Period. That's nice. I like that. I think that there's kind of a lot of nerves and anxiety happening right now around different things, right? It might be grades. It might be family members. um, It might be just kind of like your living situation, your degree plan, different things. And so I think right now, if it makes you nervous, it means that you care about it. And maybe reflect on that a little bit. Like, what's making you nervous? What do you care about? Give yourself some grace and some space to kind of think about it. All right. Any last words of wisdom? You know, I'm going to, I think that the grace, I was going to tag along with yours with giving ourselves like the the space um, to kind of, 
with things that are going on right now, just checking in. I feel like this is a time, to, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about productivity and like learning mm-hmm. new skills, but I think it's okay to also just sit and to like have a cup of, you know, some cafe or some tea. And like, if you have to like process some things, process some things and like do something for you, you know? Yeah. So I think that's going to be my takeaway for today. Love it. And don't forget that we're still here. If you all need anything, of course, please reach out to either our emails, the HLA Instagram, or even my Instagram. We're here still to support. We are invested in your success. Yes, we are. Well, with that, I think we'll say bye and see you next time. Bye, y'all. Have a good one. Bye.